Welcome to Fine Beats and Cheeses, and this is our show. Ba-da-da-da. Thank you. I am Leslie Gray Streeter, columnist for the Baltimore Banner, journalist, two-time failed voice contestant, and uh, just happy to be here. And my co-host is... Your co-host is floored after what you just said. Um, I am Lynn Streeter Childress. I am your twin sister, and I am a... Uh, Maker of theater for young audiences. I've never auditioned for The Voice, but I always pretend that I do from my house. Um, Leslie, who are our guests today? Our guests today are just legendary. Legendary. And I say this not just because we love them and know them, but because they have now become favorites of actual voice contestants, James and Stephanie of the Pitchy Podcast. Put it together! Woo-hoo! Oh, we did that like in, in, in harmony, Stuff. Yeah. That was beautiful. <laughs> hey, we Hi, are ladies. so happy to be here. Yay. We're so happy to be here. Absolutely, truly. So anyway, so what are, obviously we're talking about the voice today and we're talking mm-hmm. about uh, whether we love it. We're talking about whether it's cheesy. We're talking about some deep problematic things. And of course, that means Christina oh Aguilera. But we'll get to Ooh. that. Uh, Ooh, so, Ooh. I know. So let's talk. <laughs> James, don't hide. James is hiding under his No, I his said hands. the shade of it all. Oh, the shade. I'm going to find my fan. <laughs> I'm going to find my fan. Anyway, so um, discuss, uh, lady and gentlemen, who you are and what the Pitchy Podcast is. Well, the Pitchy Podcast kind of formed out of just playful banter that Stephanie and I uh, used to uh, exchange after episodes of The Voice. Uh, Stephanie and I really at that point weren't probably uh, regular watchers of The Voice, but uh, coming from you, Leslie and Lynn, who uh, were regular watchers of The Voice. Like, I know Lynn would sometimes send me clips of really good singers, and I would lose my mind or be like, what the French is that? And then I would immediately call and send a text to Stephanie um, and uh, send her the clip, and we would just discuss. So... Out of that, I was like, you know what, Stephanie, we are saying some pretty, pretty remarkable things, if I don't say so myself. Um, And I said, you know what, Steph, we should do a podcast. And Steph was like, really? I was like, okay. (laughs) Blink, blink. The enthusiasm. The enthusiasm. Yeah. And the enthusiasm was not because I did not want to, right, because right. I did not think it was a good idea. The lack of enthusiasm was, oh, no, this is something new. How do we make a podcast? How do we even start? How do we begin? And then the week of, James was like, okay, are we going to do this? And I was like, mm. and I had to take a pause because I knew the only reason why I was saying no was out of fear. Mm. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to say no to potentially a great idea and and something that's been really beneficial in my life, having these conversations with James, just because I'm afraid and just because I don't know how to do a podcast. You can look up anything on YouTube to figure out how to do it. So I was like, well, let's give it a try. You know, why not? We're not, you know, this, this, 
doesn't have to be this big deal, complicated, stressful thing. If it becomes that, then we'll stop. But if it doesn't become that and it, and it turns into something great, then we would have missed out on the opportunity because I would have said no. So we started it and it's just been a whole it's a whole thing thing so, of fun so it's let's a whole say thing first for those of you if people are listening to this who aren't voice watchers the voice is a nbc tv television show which premiered actually on our birthday leslie in 20 and 2011 wow, wow. um it was uh based on the voice holland um and uh is now part of a whole plethora of voice shows and so the difference is mm -hmm. the so american idol was um, The Voice's direct competitor in the hearts and the minds of the American peeps. And um, the, differences, the difference between, or the way that it was billed, is that it was about the actual voice, the voice, it, because mm -hmm. the uh, judges, coaches, were in red mm -hmm. chairs with their backs to the contestants and would only turn around if they were interested in them because of their voice, as opposed to American Idol, mm -hmm. when they see you. And so the basically the voice was like, we don't care about image that way. It's all purely about the voice, right? So that was the, that was the big right. draw for the voice. Right. Was that, that's how. Yes. I also love, I also love that um, you couldn't age out of right. the voice. Yes. Because mm -hmm. all of us have aged out. Well, we've been years aged out of American Idol. Mm -hmm. um, and you could never age out of the voice. Uh, so you had some grown folks. Yes. Right. Lynn and I were two years too old for American Idol when it came on. Yeah. One year. Yeah. A year. So, well, yeah, year. We, we were over, okay, we were so. 31, right? But it was 29 because you could, you, to audition. To audition, right, right, yeah. Right, two years. Okay. So you wouldn't have been any older than 30 when you, when the show probably came on. But yeah, so. One of the things about the show, and it really kind of lines up to what you were saying, Stephanie, is that it was billed and still does build itself as this thing about your dreams are okay and it's okay to try something new. So many people, they when they do their voiceover packages where they go, I tried to audition and I didn't, I was scared, it was something was holding right. me back and then my dreams were too loud and my brother, my father, my dying mother, whoever um, encouraged me to do it and now I'm doing it. And having... As I said, you know, auditioned, well, actually I auditioned four times, twice in person and a couple times I would just like, you know, you can use your voice account to do a virtual thing. And I didn't, I didn't, I was in a hotel right. once. I was like, let me sing this Juice Newton song. Yeah, I wasn't really serious at that point, but um, I was literally about to quit a job I didn't like. And I was like, I might as well audition for the voice because it would be whatever, really funny if I got cast. I did not. But anyway, right. um, part of what we had a discussion, Lynn before you came on about the difference between shows what you see on production all of us have been in and around this business personally so we know something very true about the voice which is the auditions the preliminary auditions to get to the blind auditions are not blind so even mm -hmm. from the get-go there still is an element of casting there still is an element mm -hmm. of you walked in someone saw you they figured out who else they had that day who else was in your room what your ages were, if you got through whatever. And I imagine you could go be in one room and get through and be in another room and right. have not gotten through depending on who your competition was. But mm -hmm. the, you're, you're right. The thing that I liked about the show was, even though it still obviously is image conscience, 
conscious. Mm-hmm. And as we will talk about for later, there are some instances where the judges, the coaches did not behave well and still brought some of their own prejudices. And in the case of Christina Aguilera, some naked jealousy mm-hmm. <laughs> into, and just some craziness. Um, and then Adam Levine, who was mad at her for doing that, then had some craziness, uh, which I think is why he wasn't on the show a year, you know, after that next season. But that's a whole other story. Um, what you talked about how the two of you had watched it off and on. What is it that made you commit to being voice watchers? For me, I think it was um, the coaches actually coaching. Yes. Um, seeing the celebrities actually coach because with American Idol all you get is critique at the end of a performance you don't get to see how they're how they impacted the actual artists in their performance Mm -hmm. Um, so that was cool to me to see if to see if these people that are um, really high level (laughs) people in the industry kind of actually know what they're talking about as far as music goes and can actually coach, you know, people who are really serious about music. Um, That was interesting to me to see what kind of critiques they would give. Um, I also really love the quality that I found in the, the artists that come on the voice. Um, I don't, I don't have enough knowledge to say whether, the overall quality was better than American Idol because there are some really amazing people that came out of American Idol as well. But at least in the last few years that I've been watching regularly, like there, there have been artists and contestants that I have absolutely loved their voices. Like why have they not been found before this or why are they not, you know, blowing up because their voices are so incredible. So that's what I love about for, voice. For, for me, honestly, it's about one particular format of the voice. I fell in love with the battlegrounds. Mm-hmm. Um, being a, 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 a vocalist myself and really paying attention to the arrangements. Oh, so hold on. So let's so let's so let's can... explain um, what the rounds are. Oh, right. So you. there's the 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 mm-hmm. blind auditions where. The people mm-hmm. come on for the first time and they either get chosen to be on a team or they don't and they go away. Um, right. And, and then and then that team then battles people on their team against each other and then picks a winner. So it's a way for them to whittle down and it goes. Right. Yeah. And that's. And that's duet style. So they're singing the same song and they're singing against, basically battling against each other in the same song. And it's not necessarily, I love, the reason why I love it, like um, um, artistically speaking, the reason why I love it is because it's not necessarily a a song that's a duet. Absolutely. Right. Whoever the arranger is, sometimes it is that we've, uh, through this past season and interviewing some of the contestants, we've, we've discovered that a lot of it's them doing arrangements right. of these songs, turning them into duets. And I just think artistically, it it's next level. It is mm-hmm. next level. It, it has introduced me and Stephanie to some songs that are now some of our wow. favorite songs that right. we may not have ever heard before. And right. So I'm all about the music, all about the music. That's what has brought me. One of the things that I like in that round, because you talked about, Stephanie, about the coaching aspect, is that they have mentors. They call them mega mentors. And every Mm -hmm. coach will have a celebrity 
either from their genre or a different genre they think informs them and that person will be with them. So there's always a thing where the, and they coach all well, of their they're people, the Well, so, they're the mentors. Right. The mega mentors is when they go to the, the next Okay, round. you're right. You're right. When they go to the next round. So the mentor, the people will come, they'll go, you can always tell when Blake thinks that the people will know who the person is. Cause then I did just let them walk in. And so I goes, look, it's Justin blue, 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 everybody. Like, oh my right. God. And they'll talk to him. They'll go, Justin blue, blue, blue has had many hits. I was so right. Cause you know, when, <laughs> you know what I mean? They have one done of, so, they have done the so much that, for the recording industry. <laughs> one of the people that we talked to mentioned the fact that they hoped that they knew who the guest was going to be. So they wouldn't walk in and be in bed. Because they were like, I don't have a poker face. If I didn't right. know who it was, they were like, I would have been like, um, <laughs> yeah. It's nice you. to meet you. Well, you can it's tell you. when they when they kind of fall back, when they're kind of like, oh, great. Let's see. It's like when you're at a party and you've forgotten the name of somebody and you're waiting for somebody else. Yeah. Hey, hey girl. Oh, God, my friend. Um, tell her who you are. Girl, you tell it better than me. <laughs> tell the story specifically of how we met. Right. So that is what that round is. And then they go to the um knockouts. The knockouts. knockouts where they're each singing a song. And honestly, I don't always enjoy the knockouts as much because this is terrible. I like it when they have to, the game show element of having to come in and sing a song that you don't know. Because it also brings sometimes brings out things in your performance you didn't know. When you then mm-hmm. get to come back and pick your song that you know for the knockout, right. it's like it's an American Idol thing, song choice. So they go because you know, like they'll go the difference between it's Motown week and these then like eighteen year old kids go, who is Motown? What is it? <laughs> and so having to pick a song, but they have a list of songs rather than right. they say right. you can sing anything that's on this list from any genre and they were like i'm gonna go back to singing my hip-hop opera song <laughs> you, know, you know whatever you know carmen is a dog whatever linda i always joke about that our the hip-hop niece- opera, the, steph you remember the hip-hop <laughs> Yes, I do. Yes, yes, I do. From the time we watched um, Star <laughs> Search in 1984, the, the the term we ate the most was singing a song he wrote. We're like, oh no, <laughs> because well, because no. they were usually yeah. bad. Because it was 1980. Because it was 1984. <laughs> so somebody's like, girl, you're so girl and girl <laughs> and the world, and you were like, this stinks. <laughs> so you better sing some Whitney Houston. Right. Point even out then. But it's saying some whatever. Some point assistance. But it's saying some point assistance. Mm-hmm. But that the voice, I think Stephanie, you were right. You said you were not sure if the quality of performer was better. And I think consistently it was. I think a lot of it has to do with the voice because of the lack of age limit. Even though lately mm. they have not really cast a lot of people over 45 because they right. want that. I mean, the, but that 25-year-old is 15 years too old to be on American Idol. <laughs> but there was a, there, it's true. There was a season, and they don't cast a lot of 28-year-olds anymore either. So there was a season on American Idol, the terrible Nicki Minaj, Mariah Carey season, where <laughs> Lynn and I used to call it learning to sing Idol because <laughs> half of them could not sing the yeah. ones who mm-hmm. got through because they were ch- clearly trying to cast because they're like a, a woman is gonna win american idol because it was used for right. like white dudes with guitars so they go woman's gonna win american yeah. idol so they cast like a bunch of 
um, bunch of women, a couple of um, obviously not straight men, hmm. and this kid named Lazaro who had a um, a stutter, Stop. who was terrible. He he <laughs> his his claim to fame was that he sounded nice without his stutter when he sang. He did not have a great voice, and they would <sighs> give him. And Nicki Minaj decided he was her favorite, so. Nicki Minaj, who fought with everybody, got in a fight with um, Jimmy Iovine, who had who has so much money, he did not care. So they're like, Mariah Carey goes, um, who was not paying attention most of the time, said, why don't you know these lyrics? I understand that you get these lyrics the day that you find out you're going to sing the next week that you've moved on. And he right. made something, oh, I didn't get the song till the last minute. And Mar- uh, Nicki Minaj like, you tell him, Lazaro. And Jimmy Iovine comes and that goes, lies it's lies all lies so um that's the kind of messiness that happens a little on the voice but to me they would never cast there's some people i've thought some of the younger contestants on the voice whose voices i didn't enjoy but there's no one they had to say things like stay on pitch well right. and i don't think too you were talking about the messiness also to that year of idol with the judges well and actually here's a good question so I think over the years, there was some grossness. Like, so CeeLo Green was on the first couple of seasons of The Voice. And there was a year, what was that woman's name? He cast this woman who could not sing. She was all about style. Do you remember her? She was a, uh, and I'm sorry if you're listening to this woman whose name I don't remember. She was a, a thin black woman and she was all about style. And CeeLo was just like eating it up. And she's like, and her song was about her. I mean, it was really, do you remember that girl? <laughs> no, I'm looking at Anyway, her. it was awful. But they they um, cycled that kind of foolishness out. And I think they cycled mm-hmm. a lot of the foolishness of stuff between the judges. So there was a, Chris, like you said, it was a Christina Aguilera, Adam Levine thing where, I mean, they did a song together. They did moves like Jagger together. But, but they, on the show though, mm-hmm. they used to rub each other the wrong way and there was a guy do you remember so were you watching it nakia nakia i don't remember were you all watching it when tony luca was on it james i know who tony luca is but no i wasn't i don't he was like so so. he was a former he had been on the mickey mouse club the same time that christina was back in the 90s oh and she blew up and he didn't but he had a following you know he was reporting independently and he came and he was on adam's team and christina when you know when they would say what do you think about this other person's person she was so salty well do you remember at first she didn't recognize it so that's where it started, is that they had been on Mickey right. Mouse together at the same time. He's date Carrie Russell, you know, once again. He's been in the business forever. So they're waiting for her. But she knew who he was. I don't think she did. You really don't I think she did? I truly think that she didn't. She's coming out and, of touch. I truly think that she is mm. so focused on Christina that she didn't recognize okay. her. And that then she goes backstage and makes a big deal out of it. So at that point, it was like, oh, okay, you fell. So, yes, that literally... Adam and and Tony would pick songs to troll Christina. I mean, they just Ooh. it got nasty. And I know his publicist, yeah. who's great, Krista, um, who I met because I wrote something very nice about Tony, and she goes, "Oh my God, somebody else saw it besides us." I'm like, "Yes, I did. Mm. You're my friend mm-hmm. now." Um, but so thank you, Tony DeLuca, bringing together people, saving people's lives. But um, 
it was that or like Lynn, I mentioned that remember that kid named Johnny who had been in the army and he's saying the killers, all the things that I've done. He did the, I'm, I got soul, but I'm not a soldier And CeeLo goes, Oh, were you a soldier? It's like, he didn't know. It's like someone obviously told him it was real stupid because there's no way, there's no way that you could do that. Or also I think there's something that in the very beginning they were trying, I think to figure out how much like American idol they did or did not want to be. So mm-hmm. You had a lot of people like Frenchie. Mm-hmm. Who had been on American Idol? Yeah, so, right, you know, and and CeeLo goes, "Hello, Frenchie," you know, or they had right. the worst audition in, in the world. The thing that made me so sad was when Cupid of Cupid Shuffle oh. auditioned, but he sang, <laughs> he sang Cupid the Shuffle, Cupid, and he sang Cupid Shuffle. So it was the worst advice thing. I don't know who he was talking to. So he sings the song, and so they can't see him. And these white people don't know who Cupid is anyway. They probably heard that song at a wedding. So they go. Right. Who's this man? Why would we pick that song? So he turns right, around and CeeLo's face is like, "Oh no, Cupid!" Because <laughs> he knew Cupid, and he was right. Like, he goes, "No, no, you have to sing something that shows your voice," because everyone thought you were just some moron <laughs> who could pick any song he wanted and sing Cupid Shuffle. Right. And I was like, "Oh no!" It was like helpless to stop it. I was watching it with my husband. We're like, "Oh no! Oh no!" We're like hiding under the couch. It was so terrible. But right. Um, and Curly Sue, who wound up winning. That's not her name, but you know who I'm talking about, Allison Porter. Mm-hmm. So James, mm-hmm. talk about the voices, and this is a conversation you and I have a lot, right? Have had a lot over the years yeah. about the voices' um, tendency to let on people who have already had some sort of career in yeah. the industry, James. Yeah, like I just. Yeah, Lynn, you and I have always had this conversation, and and Seth, you and I have had this conversation too. I just think, I don't know. I feel like it's not fair. Like I would always say, it's not I fair, know. All Lynn. The time. And Lynn would be like, James, this is a TV show. It's entertainment. She'd bring me back down because I'd want to quit the show quite often, and um, <laughs> I, because. There truly is a line. Like, there truly is a definitive where you have Wendy. Um, right. Right. Who, yeah, Wendy Moten. Wendy, yeah. Wendy Mobley, who had, I, it's, I call it the Wendy effect, who had a full on professional right? career with a moderate hit in the 90s. Yep. And how can you put her in the same competition as a 15-year-old, you know, really good singer? Like, you right. can't. But the thing is, right. but she um, still didn't win. That She still didn't win. Right. That's, so that's the other no. thing is, is that she still didn't win. So the voice gives you a caliber if if having a if having a career means you have a caliber, because maybe it doesn't, but it but gives you People who, if they have not had contracts, at least most of them have been working steadily mm-hmm. in some way. And I think, well, what's yes. interesting though, because tell the, because James or Stephanie or Leslie, tell the Kelly Clarkson story. So Idol's thing was, yeah. they wanted, to, they wanted to act like these people had just fallen off the turnip truck right. and just got discovered there. But James, tell this story. Kelly, Kelly, Kelly was shopping her mm-hmm. demo. 
The only reason why Kelly went home is because she fell on some hard times and her apartment building burnt down. That is the only (laughs) reason why she happened to be in Texas with American Mm -hmm. Idol. But Kelly Clarkson was shopping her demo to all the major labels Mm -hmm. in in, in 2001 or 2002 or whenever that was. Um, And it's just... So, so again, I mean, what, what do you say to that? What do you say? And and you know what, you know, it's so funny now. And one thing that I, Stephanie, you probably going to agree with me on this. What I really noticed when we did our interviews with all of the last season's contestants, this past season's contestants is how important it was for a lot of them to already have a huge social yes. media presence before they yes, got huge. on the show. They talked to this, Stephanie, you remember? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, I th- because that's, yeah, that's that's what's now. Exactly. And I think that's what has been lacking or that has been the discrepancy in some of the voting um, when we get to the lives, once America starts to, to vote. I think that's where some of the discrepancy has been because who we think is great might not necessarily be getting the votes because people are not watching the the show live and the amount of time that they have to vote is not congruent or doesn't align with when people are actually like watching the clips of people. So you would see people getting online, getting on Instagram right after they sing and be like, right. vote, vote, vote. Every time. You know, if they're if they're in the last the the uh, instant save competition yeah. or Literally whatever they're walking like walking off stage with their with their phone on a, on an Instagram Literally. live saying vote for me because I'm about to get sent home. Yeah. And also the fix is in in that way too because a Wendy Moten while she has fans, her fans are not people who are terminally online like the fans right. of the younger contestants. So they're not inclined to vote, which is brings me back to why so many of the contest of the judges, the coaches I believe pick younger people, even though they know they're not going to get very far. Maybe they're not going to have like huge careers because it's about the win, which is why when the person wins, it's Blake won the voice. It's Adam right. won the voice because right. the judges right. win, the coaches win, which I don't really like because it, I mean, Christina could be very naked. Like she wouldn't have cared who won as long right. as they won our team, you know, and that was gameplay and the whole, like, I hate the block. The block is something, if you guys don't know, where and I think it's it's mean and counterproductive because it's about the judges being competitive and not about anything that's good for the contestants. So the block is, during the blind audition, strategically, if you think this person might pick another judge and you really want them, you will block them. And they don't know. Mm-hmm. So that contestant does not have the choice in right. that round of picking that other judge that's been blocked. So what happens is, to me... You can see a couple times that they have blocked someone and the person doesn't want to be on your team. They want to be on the team of the person that you blocked. And you right. know, interview them and go, girl, I can't wait to be on John Legend team. I love John Legend. My cast name is John Legend. I'm a singer John Legend. <laughs> and then they come on and Kelly would block them. And then they'd be like, oh, Kelly, look at you. Love you too. Cat named right. John Legend. You know, um, and it was very... Because that's a gameplay thing that has everything to do what's best for the judges and not about what the singers want. So if you're purporting to be the show about hopes and dreams coming true and you say, can't have that dream because I need a singer Mm -hmm. like you on my team, 
that is counterproductive to me. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah. I think the people that go on the show and at this point, if they don't shame on them, but they would need to really have realistic expectations about what they're trying to do on this show, Mm -hmm. like what they should be getting out of it. Yes. Should they be looking to get uh, a record deal record deal? Probably not. Should they be looking to up their followers on Instagram and try, (laughs) try to make money that way and get, get influence? Yeah, that's what that's especially the younger generation. That's what they that's what they should be doing. We we just had we just finished an interview with I Eric heard it. Blue and he was like and and it it was and Eric wasn't the only one who said this. Eric was like, you know what? I wasn't sad when I left or when I got voted off. And a lot of the contestants told us this. They were like, I came on the show to do what I needed to do. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's a vehicle. There's a singer. It's a vehicle. Yeah. Named Phil Phillips, who Philip Philip Phillips, who won American yes. Idol, and I interviewed yes. him years ago, and he said the most. And once again, it's something that, if you understand the business, you completely understand where he's coming from. He said he never wanted to win. All he wanted to do, because he's a working <laughs> musician, is get to mm-hmm. the top ten so he could be on the tour. And. Yeah, he had a job for the summer. He knew he had a gig. So he said when he got closer and closer and realized that he's going to have to sign this contract that controls what you sing, what you wear, the very disastrous Tommy Hilfiger episode where he's like, you need to do something else. And it feels like I'm (laughs) fine with my jeans and my T-shirt. Thank you. Mm -hmm. I'm good. And he was like, I I wasn't trying to win a TV show. I just wanted I'm a working musician. And this is something I did because I want to work. And if this gives me the opportunity to have a job for the summer. Mm-hmm. Then I would right. do, and he had two good hits, you know. Yeah, um, yeah. He's a he's a good singer, and he was just a, the the nicest kid, and he was just a person that you really wanted to do well. And honestly, that's very let's be honest. People talk about oh, there's no big successes from these shows. If, as you're saying, the success for them is I now have a hundred thousand a hundred thousand more Instagram followers. So when I sing at my next show, somebody now knows me. And will right. put me, I can now open for somebody. I can right. now play a bigger room than the room I played. And I don't have to be a daycare worker anymore. I don't have to like work at the Tasty Freeze. I can now collect that check from Instagram. Yeah, from Instagram. Well, you know, so Kim Cruz, who was one of the standouts of this past season, she um, had been on, again, platforming, right? She was on the Terrell yep. show, Um Terrell Show was a YouTube show um, where this guy features uh, usually R&B singers, and he had a contest known and unknown, and he's amazing, and he had, and they're people who I know because of Terrell, but anyway, he did a show, uh, a contest where he had watchers submit to be, and she won that. So, and based on the strength of that, she was already, before she auditioned for the voice singing background for people. Right. What, what, what was it, uh, Steph? She she had seventy two thousand followers coming into the Voice. It was a lot. It was yeah. up there. She was she was she one was of the, the one highest. that had the most. I it, it was told to us that she's the one that had the most right. followers. And and this is something that didn't here. exist when Idol started twenty years ago, and it's something no. that didn't no. really happen that much. I mean, social media was around in, in you know twenty eleven, but not to this extent where you had. Right. Those sorts of numbers and those sorts of followers. So one of the things that we talk about, and I've talked to you a little bit about this, Stephanie, but Leslie and James, I talked to this about the time, though, is just what you said. What is success? 
and what is yeah. what is yeah. winning. You know, we, people used to think that if you won or if you had a song that I'd heard of or if you I still see you on the radio. Mm-hmm. Is that success? Because again, a lot of the early idol folk who we keep going back to idol and I know the show, this is, episode is not about idol, but again, they're, they're parallels, Absolutely. but also with the voice. So with the idol, a lot of people became stars ish in the beginning, right? Fantasia, Ruben, mm-hmm. Kelly Clarkson, um, Clay, Clay, Carrie, Clay, like Carrie Mary. Underwood, um, Chris, Chris Daughtry. Daughtry. Those people who became mm-hmm. uh Danny Goki, who's huge on Christian radio. A woman mm-hmm. who may have be an EGOT winner now. I don't know. Oh, Jennifer Hudson. Yeah. Uh, uh, Jennifer oh, Hudson. Oh, yeah, that, 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 that woman. woman. I've never heard of her. What um, happened to her? Right. Um, but all <laughs> Jordan. Right. Jordan Sparks. Oh, yeah. But again, Jordan these Sparks. are people who got the fame and got the um the the trophy, right? But a lot of mm-hmm. them, there's some of them who won, who they never, uh, the people who own the your contract, never promoted. 19 Entertainment. Right, never yep. promoted and mm-hmm. never did anything with. And they're like, my contract, my c- career was tanked because yep. mm-hmm. Candace Glover, right? Because they didn't I, I do mean, anything. Does anyone get promoted? Huh? Does, anyone on the voice, does anyone on The Voice get any promotion? I, like- the voice hasn't had. I'm trying to think because don't they get a recording contract at the end? The winners. I don't. I think like you do. The only hour? one I think to so. me that's come close to having Jordan Smith has yeah. done really well. Um, mm-hmm. I think, and I what, one of the things yeah, that Idol did, and the Voice does this as well, is that they have had, for instance, American Idol has had very good success with Christian singers. So it's a niche. So if you're just listening to Top 40 or R&B radio, you may not know them. But the, your Mandisas and your Danny Gokies, as Lynn mentioned, um, uh, Lauren... Daigle. Daigle, yeah. You know, you have people that have done, and she's crossover success um, right. between pop and, and Christian radio. But it once again, it goes back to what defines success for you. I interviewed Taylor Hicks probably 10 years ago. And he was playing a sold out gig at a club in Palm Beach Gardens. And I interviewed him standing backstage in the, um, in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. And it was a great interview. He couldn't, cause first of all, for anyone else, he said, I could tell you, did I become a blockbuster singer? No. He said, do I make more money now <laughs> for this right. gig than I used to make in a year? Yes, I right. do. And right. he goes, if you, because there he goes a lot of things as it's very, they did not promote him the way he wasn't happy with his album. He said, one of the things that I can tell you is that my career is at a different place than it would have been if, had I not gone on American Idol. Had yeah, I not right. American Idol. He said, so at the end of the day, it's frustrating that people consider you a failure when he said, I, I can book a club with no problem. Well, then it doesn't matter what other people think. No. <laughs> you know, I think that, and that's why I think everybody has to go into these competition shows now with their own goal Absolutely. of what they, how they define what success well, is, because the success might not be winning the contest. And Jennifer Hudson didn't win. Chris Daughtry didn't right. win. I exactly. Mean, and I think 
those are the things. Sometimes it works out better that way. Oh, absolutely. And Lynn, how many times have we talked to, have we talked to people or talked about people who were like, I won. And then, yeah, I couldn't, people wanted to work with me. I couldn't because I had this contract where I had to like, and 19 entertainment for whatever reason sat on their album, you know, for a year and never came out. Right. Um, I think too, I'll stop comparing the shows, but I think with the voice, because you're watching both shows have preliminary segments where it's filmed like months in advance and then live shows happen. But it seems like there's much less monkeying with the voice than there is because American Idol does this thing where they'll go. um, I don't think I've stopped watching it because one of their judges has promoted fascism and I'm not going to be involved with them anymore. But um, Uh oh. Yes, I don't care. I said it. So um, we used to do this thing where they would go, you know, the, the group round where they basically would make you stay up all night and learn the song. Oh, and they would put you with yes. people that didn't like you. And yes. Then, and you oh, have, yeah. And they would go, Alicia from the Fantastic Four group hates everybody and has marched off. And the, the Fantastic Four group at 2 o'clock in the morning is literally <laughs> wandering around the lobby going, who need a group? So I need a group. Who not a group? You want me to a group? You know? And it was just because once again, that was in the very beginning where they were like, let's make this as rea- reality television ish. They as still possible. do that. Where they still do that. And they, they remember they would go, you're in this room, you're in that room, and you're yeah. in that room. And you'd have to guess. <laughs> you look around and go. Right. You have to guess which. Yeah. If you're yeah, looking around at people, seeing who else was in your you room go, oh, with you to man. see if you were making it through or <laughs> not. And if you saw that, if you saw that one chick, it's like, oh, I'm going home. Right. Right. <laughs> it. I heard I mean, one, thing, one thing I do also like about the voices is is in and staying on the topic of of you know you make of you know you make of you can do whatever you can whatever the voice is the platform American Idol are the platform do what you make of it as right. you will I, mm-hmm. I, I there's an incredible singer who I believe went through the voice Avery Wilson went through the voice didn't yes. he yes yes um mm-hmm. yes and didn't you know I don't think he went super far. But he's everywhere now. Yep. He's with Stevie Mackey. He sings with Shoshana Bean. He sings like, and and that's what you, that's what you got to do. You have got to use this platform, and uh, the sky's the limit for you. And and one one of the other things that I loved in talking to the uh, contestants this past. Oh, hold season, on two seconds. So that's um, one thing we did not say. Yeah. And that we're kind of bearing the lead is that James yes. and Stephanie started this venture of the Pitchy Podcast just to talk about the voice. And they found out pretty quickly that their audience didn't just include the people who they asked to listen to it on Facebook. The audience included dun, 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 actual contestants. Actual contestants. Mm-hmm. Who was the first? Yeah. Who reached crazy. out to you first? Do you remember? Was it Bodie? Maybe Bodie. Bodie reached out to Steph first. I think it was Bodie. Oh, by the way, well, we well, just... it, started, it started off with with them thanking us. And right, and I'll tell you that because I wrote about them for the Baltimore Banner about James and Stephanie, and I had to go back and because I was pitching the story, I go, no, they've actually you know heard from contestants, and so I went back to the your Instagram page from the very beginning to mm-hmm. see who the first person was. 
and it was Bodie. And it's funny because I think I asked James and you were like, the, the two of you were like, what? Because <laughs> it hadn't occurred to you. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we were just more so the intent was to say, hey, good job. Like, that was like this, this, in, this performance was insane. Like I want, we want other people to make sure if they're not watching the show to see this performance because it was dope. And they were, it was, it was surprising to me how, uh, how much that meant to them because it just didn't even occur to me that number one, that they would take it seriously or that they would it would make any kind of impact on them. And then once we kind of got wind that that's what was occurring, I think James and I became a little bit more intentional about our feedback and about giving praise where praise was due and also giving constructive feedback and not being, we were never going to be me. Yeah. We said never at the beginning, be like we, we, we said at the beginning of, of the podcast every time that we would give our, our truths in love, right. kindness, and respect. Yes. And we meant that because we didn't want to come at anybody. It, it, mean, we're not mean people. We might get a little pitchy, but we're not mean. <laughs> but I think, <laughs> I think that it became like almost a little, almost a little ministry, if you want to call it that, just to give, give these contestants some inspiration. Yes. Yeah. Um, so and I think that because you guys are singers, you're, criticism just like the judges and the coaches on the show means more because they understand it's not just like a bunch of 14 year old girls going he's cute i'll vote for him right you're like that that song fit that person's voice perfectly or right that set piece omar and last season was my favorite because he was very theatrical and over the top and he sang a lot of songs that i sing in karaoke so um, mm -hmm. Separate Ways, uh, Walter Part is is my my big karaoke song by Journey. Right. That was his audition, his blind audition. Mm -hmm. I was like, who is this? So I, I love the fact that you guys recognize, not just because it was your personal taste or not your personal taste. Because like, for instance, we both talked about that none of us are like giant, huge country fans, but that we all right. recognize, for instance, that Bryce Leatherwood, who won was really good at what he did. That right. He, and you understood enough about what he's saying, who he was, his background. Let's be honest, the story that he was telling and, you know, the, right. yep. the background that they tell, like when James, when you were saying, why is it that they had all these people like your Wendy Motons? It's because part of what they're also selling with the not capping the age is making a comeback that your dreams could have gotten derailed, which is why you had the reliance on your, um, right. your Allison Porters and your Frenchies in the beginning because they were right. also they were hedging their bets about saying these people might have some following so we will bring them back I don't know uh, Lynn and Leslie I don't know if Stephanie and I ever said this but we said very early about Bryce it's funny about that you're talking about Bryce who, who actually <laughs> won this past season and I don't know why we made the comment Stephanie and I made the comment but we <laughs> joked around and said let Bryce Leatherwood come on this show and sing a song out of his yep. genre yep. in the style of his genre, and he's going to mm -hmm. win the voice. And right. I made a joke, and I said, I need Bryce Leatherwood to sing uh, Untitled D'Angelo. Yeah! 
So what advice do Bryce came on with Morgan and did the Whitney Houston and took it to another And it's level. a song that I hate because it's like, a song about cheating. Yep. And I hate that yep. song, right. but I have to tell you, when they sang it, I was like, oh, okay, this is still skanky, but I see where you're coming from, Bryce Leatherwood. <laughs> All right. Oh, because right. also, both both of them understood 30 years, almost 40 years after the song came out, they understood what they were singing. It's like she used to tell so, you you'd run right. away together and love gave you the right to be free. I get mm. it. And so there, there were these people playing these characters <laughs> singing to each other about the skanky affair they're having. Although Lynn and I have always talked about that moment in the live version of Atlantic Star's Secret Lovers when they're going, sing along with me. It's like, we're not singing along with it. <laughs> no, no. It's what, you know, part time. Even though we hate it. It's terrible. But yeah. So if you hate it, don't do it. Right. Right. Oh, it's so terrible. It's so terrible. So, um, yeah, Bryce. I, I, you know what? I also think, um, and again, I'm going to brag on me and Stephanie for a Please, minute. Do it. I, I, think, I also think that you have to have the knowledge. You have to have the music history. Uh, one of the huge reasons why I love talking to Stephanie, why I love talking to you, Lynn and Leslie, is because we all bring music history history to the table. You gotta have the history found the historical foundations of oh Leslie liked Omar because Omar took me back to a time when dot 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 when Steve Perry ruled ruled the airwaves, Absolutely. right? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And voices who I think is next to probably Freddie Mercury is probably the greatest male rock voice mm -hmm. of all time. Absolutely. Other than Prince, maybe. But, you know, yeah. we can have that discussion later. Yeah. But the, the whole thing is, is, but then Omar brought, I'm still, uh, Stephanie and I are still shook from the Michael Jackson performance. Like, still. So good. Shooketh. Shooketh. Because no one Michael Jackson on these Nobody streets. should. Nobody and should, the, and nobody should do a Michael Jan a Michael Jackson song where you have to perform he, as well. Dance. Like it's one thing to just stand stand I and sing Michael mean, Jackson, but when he started, he and the dancers, and you know, it's so funny. Maybe it's just me, and you you guys could probably tell me since you know people on that season. It seemed to me that the that the musicians and the dancers really liked Omar or whoever yes. was doing. The they staging <laughs> really like yeah. Omar because Lynn and I used to joke about there was a season where Adam Lambert and Chris Allen were on American Idol. We would joke that like Adam Lambert's sets were like, you know, a wind machine and a river and a rainbow, and that Chris <laughs> Allen was, like, was sitting on a crate with a broken light. Right. Right. <laughs> it right. was crazy. <laughs> like, right. And they're like, I guess this guitar is in tune. Good luck. You're right. Good luck. So Omar's <laughs> performance is not that they seem like they. Everybody wasn't the kind of singer, he, but Omar was Broadway rock and roll full production. So when he did the way you make me feel, and the dancers in here all moving in production and, and precision, I'm like, what is going on? And then somebody to love, where they lift up, and he is singing, being perched on a moving sea of people, right? And he does not, right. He's hitting high notes, he's right? Vamping. He doesn't miss right. a note, and I was like, what is happening? He has. Don't forget the confetti falling in his mouth. Because at that point, he had literally done it all. Like, he had done My Heart Had Go On, I believe, the week before, where he ascended into heaven as he was singing that last note. And then you have, 
And then you have somebody to love where literal confetti is falling in his mouth. He picks it out and does not miss a note. It was insane. Absolutely and, insane. And, 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 and endurance of steel. He full yeah. out Michael Jackson dance. Crazy. And didn't lose Crazy. a breath. Did not lose yes. a breath. So, and once again, every it comes down to with the the difference between what the coaches hear that they're professionals and the other things they like. And they're like, Gwen would say, well, I'm looking for her first couple seasons. She only was interested in, I think people that she could dress like her. Um, <laughs> right. And so am I wrong? So she no. picked, she goes, Oh, I want some young girls. I want some guys that I can dress like. Me. <laughs> so she would like, and they would have entire episodes where it's just about Gwen dressing people. I think Gwen forgot. She's also a really great songwriter yes. <laughs> and a really yeah. great musician. Don't speak. There, I have friends 10 years younger than me who them, that is like, if you, they will punch you in the face if you say anything bad about Don't Speak. So when <laughs> I think that show brings out really wonderful things in those musicians who are judges when they're doing it correctly because right. they're listening for things. They're excited about things. Like Blake with his whole like corn pone, I never heard of a song they didn't play on country radio. Where's George Strait? But he would, he would, he had the most consistent track record of picking people outside of his genre. He had, a, he had yeah. that one season where he picked all country people. That was a that was on purpose. But right. he picked, I think, the most black male R and B singers that were not yes, being judged by black R, male R and B singers. It's a, for sure because he would hear something as a musician that he liked, right. and right. he would pick that. And say, right. I want you on my team because I think that we can. He goes, I think we can have fun together. Um, and you know, John Legend would slip. But in John Legend, I loved because he was so persnickety, and he'd always say that he admitted he was putting on his choir director hat. He was listening. Also, it was always usually a mistake to sing a John Legend song because he was judging it against not just his own ego, but the fact that he wrote the song and he knew how it was intended. It was intended to sound so. Right, and you weren't going to sing his song better than him, so that was a, a true risk. I even think, if like, you did, I think even, if you, even did. if you did, yeah, even if you did, I think once somebody got, <laughs> I think that may have happened once. But when you sit and listen to people, that's why I'm very excited about this season. About you know, this is the last season for Blake Shelton. Um, he's right. the only um, judge from last season. Kelly Clarkson has come back, and she's phenomenal, just phenomenal. Yeah. Um, also, another fantastic songwriter as well as a fantastic singer and a fantastic coach. Um, mm -hmm. But you have Chance the Rapper, who I think is going to be fun. I think she's mm -hmm. going to be passionate. I think the people that I'm looking forward to seeing what genres he picks, because I think he's all over the place. I think my I've wanted Bruno Mars to be a judge in that show. Oh my gosh. I think Bruno would come and be like, I want me an opera singer. I want me like yep. five guys in silk presses because of his song. <laughs> I want like, a bunch of dudes. I want like a somebody that looked like Randy Watson. Yes! I mean, I think that he would just he would come in and mess everything up. And I would just right. he would be more I'd be like, I don't care who's singing, what is Bruno doing? But I think Chance has that same genre hopping appeal. Um, yeah, John, genre fluidity. Yeah, I love it. Right, that and Niall Horan uh, from um, One Direction, who's yeah. just a cute little Irish dude, and I, I think he's adorable. I don't know if you guys have ever watched tapes of the um, the Voice UK. 
No. Oh. oh, when they all on it, when they all. Yeah, when on like on YouTube, it's it's a treat because okay, I think the first couple seasons, Will I Am was on there, and he was okay, but oh, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Tom yeah. Jones has consistently yes, judged. and the first season there was a first second yes. season there was this whole joke that no matter what, a, all the young people wanted to work with different people, but anybody from Wales wanted to work with Tom Jones, so mm-hmm. they said it was a running joke that nobody else could get at any Welsh contestants. Because they would say, there'd be like some young, like 22-year-old girl. And they go, well, surely she will not want to be with it. And she go, oh, Tom Jones, I love you so much. My aunt, she loves you. It's like, ah. And (laughs) And also the fact that Tom Jones can sing. He can sit in that chair. He is 103 years old. And he can hit notes. He's saying, cry to me. Um that was on the Dirty Dancing tra- soundtrack. Cause he said to this young mm-hmm. girl, how do you know this song? She goes from Dirty Dancing and they duetted. She gets to duet wow. with Tom Jones and he, and he doesn't get up. He's sitting, sitting in the chair. I'm like, Tom Jones is too cool. For yeah. school. And, but he will also pick people. Well, maybe because for some whales, but also because um, I think he just has an ear for talent. He is a genre fluid mm-hmm. uh, person. I mean, I don't know if he would pick mm-hmm. someone who was doing like, you know, trap house, yodeling you know what but i I just a thing that i just made up (laughs) anyway and producer saying you're gonna this i have to go in five minutes so i hate to have to wrap this up or you can just finish it without me lynn um no well we here's the deal um and we didn't even so funny even talk about why well, we know we do. The people think sometimes these things are kind of cheesy because it's kind of like how famous you can be and how valid is your career if you get it through a um, singing contest. Television. But what we've but what we've talked about and actually proven that wrong is that it's really about connection and it's really about exposure mm-hmm. and it's about who sees mm-hmm. you and what that leads to. So kind of like. Right. Because again, the days of record contracts meaning even what they did <laughs> even 10 years right. ago is completely gone. Is gone because you could have a mm-hmm. literally have a career and sell things based on Instagram. on Instagram. People have people have created some of the biggest hits in the latest years on GarageBand in their bedrooms. Yep. Right. Right. And, and, it's Come true. on, uh, right? Nas, not little Come Nas, on, yes. little Nas X, uh, and the fact that Billy Eilish. That How much did he buy that beat for? Thirty dollars. <laughs> so again, it shows you, and I think that's one of the reasons why people think these things are cheesy or cheesy. It's because they can't control them in the way mm. that they were controlled before, and because they're out of the hands. Thank and, you. And you know that the establishment whatever that establishment is will downplay mm-hmm. your accomplishments if they don't have anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. Because, well, that was why it goes back to the Kelly Clarkson thing is that they downplayed the fact that she was playing the game traditionally because they needed to sell that story. They needed to sell their show and say, look, spend lots of money and time worried about the show because ye, you, even you, yes, you, they're making dinner right now with your family. You could be on the show. You wait, Waitress mm-hmm. from Burleson, Texas. She was a waitress in Burleson, Texas, but she was really, as James said, a singer 
in LA who had to go home because she ran out of money and a person mm-hmm. that people were looking out for. I mean, Lynn and I used to be singers at the fudgery. We didn't get, you know, <laughs> we weren't Was Cisco. That we, sorry? Before, that before Cisco. Cisco. Before Cisco. You'll be older than Cisco. <laughs> but so being singers at the fudgery, if either of us had ever gotten onto the um the voice, I guarantee you they would have used that as a backstory. And oh, yeah. then look, oh, they even saying, you know, whatever. But that had nothing to do with where we were at that point. It's all about what they can sell. And I think Lynn has an excellent point that even though these things are all established, really, it, it's it's NBC Universal. I mean, these nobody's singing on the back of a truck, but I think it is interesting <laughs> watching the voice finally embrace the unpredictability of social media. And mm-hmm. and they're very honest, like you said, James, about these people coming on with like they'll they'll talk to people who go, I have never sung outside of my bedroom because I'm right. famous on Instagram. Right. I'm famous on TikTok. Right. And I've never actually sung in before in front of a, a uh, an audience. And I think they really yeah. honestly have to now decide how important is that? Because so many people, particularly right. with COVID, even though people things are now open, um, for years people were only singing in their living room. And they were right. only singing in an empty studio, you know, broadcast. I mean, I'm going to see Chris Rock, um, the, the show, you know, um, will run a couple days after that show but his netflix show the people in the audience have paid but most of his audience are going to be people live who are watching across the world on netflix and so this is where we are so we have to decide what it is and i think that the show has just something done something very it's changed things even if none of these people have become super duper duper stars they don't have a kelly clarkson except for as a judge they don't have a you know one of the uh, Chris Daughtry or Carrie Underwood, but what they do have are people who have used the show's success in a way in the last, is it 2011? In the yeah. last yeah. 12 years. Mm-hmm. They booked you know, and blessed. It's made it booked, booked and, and blessed. And, and, and I, and I want to leave y'all with this. I, I, and I need to give our, the Pitchy Podcast uh, social media department, which is Stephanie D'Accurzio, <laughs> I need to give... The social media department is the reason why we are where we are. I mean, by the grace of God, of course, but the social media department worked overtime to get us to where we are. And this goes back to your point that you just made, Leslie. Excellent. So So, thank you, social media department. And Leslie, if you you have to to go, I'll finish up. I do. I do have to go. You finish up. Um, this has been so much fun. I wish I could stay on forever, but they don't like when you leave your child there sitting there by himself. No, they don't like they, that. They're like, please don't get this okay. black child. No, they called me last anyway. week. I thought he had a club. They're like, oh, we're here with Alex. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> All right. Anyway, I was like, he had a club. He goes, you didn't get the email. I'm like, I sure didn't. Okay, here I come. Here I am in my car. Let's go. But I will say this is um because of, of because, and we've had this conversation, but with both of you, I had it. Because the two of you leaned into your purpose, you weren't trying to be big. People heard that and the contestants heard that. And that's why you had, how many contestants have you had on your show? Ooh, uh, at least six. Six, yeah. It's more than at eight, least six. It? Yeah. Is it six? Seven. Well, let me... One, two, three, four, five. Six, seven, right. So seven, people seven. have gladly been on your show because they started seeking you out because they heard your honest, 
opinions of what they did, but it was done in a spirit of love. And that's what gotten you where you yeah. guys are. So we always ask this question at the end. Do is the voice cheesy? And if it is, do you care? I for me, it's not cheesy because the I I'm looking for a great vocal and the great vocal is there. And I'm also looking for great uh, feedback and great coaching. And I see that as well. So I don't think that is cheesy. And even if it was, I don't care. And how about you, James Tolier? For all the reasons why Stephanie says it's not cheesy. I agree, but I also feel like, or, and I also feel like it is cheesy because of the, of the coaching banter, the coaching banter. is That can get cheesy. That can get really cheesy. The thing is that's so awesome that I, I am probably Stephanie and you Lynn probably seem to forget Mm. about the cheesiness is that there's so much good coaching that goes on in between so much that we don't even see. That we, right. Stephanie and I, learned from talking yeah. to the contestants that that it, it, it totally, totally trumps the the cheesiness. Totally. No. This has been amazing. And, and I don't, I don't care. care. Rock it out. Come on, y'all. Well, anyway, I love you both personally. I am excited. Where can people find you? So the new season of The Voice starts this coming Monday. This will this show will actually Crazy. come on the day after that. But the second day, this will come on this the morning of the second episode of The Voice for this year. Right. Um, run, it, run it down, Steph. <laughs> I got to find it. <laughs> so you can find us, uh, James and I, on the Pitchy Podcast at the Pitchy Podcast uh, on Instagram and TikTok. And you can also find us on YouTube if you search for the Pitchy Podcast. Uh, Most of our episodes this coming season, you will be able to find on your favorite podcast platform at the Pitchy Podcast. And you'll be able to find most of them as well on the YouTube. So we are excited to offer more on YouTube as well this year. You all are amazing. And this piece of it, even though this is not even what you were singing, couldn't have happened to two cooler people. And um, you guys are amazing. Have a wonderful weekend. And Leslie usually says this at the end of the show, but I'm going to say it because she's gone. Hey, everybody, stay cheap.